Hello and welcome to The Huddle. Liam Santa Maria with you and um, we're back. It was, uh, we're one game into what is essentially the restart of the NBL round seven underway, seven games in seven days, pumped for that. And um, look, as well as talking about where we're at, this is also the gratitude episode of The Huddle. Um, and to, to help me with that process, I got my man, Damon Lowry, jumping on. NBL champion, star of the crossover, nominated replacement player for NBL overtime this season <laughs> and uh, all around nice guy. So sit back, relax. Up next, Damon Lowry. All right, Damon's in the house. What's happening, man? Big fella, good morning, man. Thank you hey, for I jumping on. The, I love the intro. Gratitude. Yes, sir. The definition of it. We'll get into it. But we will get into it. Yeah. Save that for just uh, for just a minute or two. Firstly, as I said, we're one game in to a massive round seven. There is a lot of optimism, a lot of belief that we're going to get through potentially all of these games, which will set us up and vault us forward for the rest of the season. But it's been a weird time in the NBL. What did you make of last night? Freeway series, Illawarra, Sydney, arch rivals there in New South Wales. And uh, the Hawks got another dub. That was a high quality game of basketball. I'm trying to watch it in two ways. Mm. I'm trying to watch it as a former Hawk going, man, we got to beat the Kings. I hate the Kings. And then I'm like, yeah, but that was a long time ago. So now I'm just trying to watch it as a fan of basketball. Mm. And as a fan of basketball, couldn't help but love it backwards and forwards big shot after big shot big time players making big time plays um it was just high quality it was like was it a grand final preview i don't know but it looked really good <laughs> definitely not a grand final preview uh the, the kings i don't know whether it's it's the curse of bryce cotton since you know when he came and he played his first ever game was against the kings and then they haven't been able to kind of make it happen since then. And he's just done unbelievable things in Perth. Um, or if it's um, the, 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 the curse of the pork chop with Angus Brand and, and, and Andrew Bogut, or it's, or it's the Chris Pongrass. I don't know what's going on, but that team, that club just can't get and stay healthy. And they took another hit last night. They had a few key guys out, not, not stars, but key parts of the rotation, Angus Glover and McCool maker Bawali Bales. And then one minute into his return game, RJ Hunter goes down um, in a bad way. I, that didn't look good with RJ Hunter. Unfortunate for RJ. He hasn't had any luck at all. Um, but let me say this, and with all due respect to RJ Hunter, I don't think the Kings need him, Liam. Mm. What I saw yesterday, Wollongong, sorry, Illawarra, they are going to be, I feel, I think they're the team to beat. Okay. If Sydney can get that close without Angus, without RJ, who, you know, he didn't, for all intents and purposes, he didn't even play. For what they already had, for the minute restrictions of Jalen Adams, and don't even get me started on minute restrictions, they showed me enough that on their day, they can win. All they got to do is just play a shorter bench. You don't need 10 guys. I know there's a lot of talent across the league. I know this. But I'm watching how Gorgian plays his main guys. Tyler Harvey's getting 34 minutes. Mm -hmm. Justinian Jessup is getting 34 minutes. And Justinian Jessup, what do you have, six points? But he's going to be on the floor. Mm. 
So Brian is not all about just gifting minutes to rant, you know what I mean? Even right. though he's got the depth to do it. So I think if Sydney just get their seven-man rotation, they got two stud imports. Man, Wani, Wani was awesome yesterday. Outstanding. So I think they got enough. The problem is in the NBL these days, be, being able to beat any team on your day is not good enough to be a championship contender. It's not good enough to make the playoffs. That's, that's what the Brisbane Bullets have been in, in recent times is they've kind of meandered around that kind of mediocre level of just outside the, the bubble there. That's where the Kings are at right now with this, with this situation. And a big part of it is not being able to have those guys on the floor. Um, but I agree with you about the minutes. My goodness, last night with that lineup, surely Jarrell Martin, Xavier Cooks, and Jalen Adams play 35 minutes each. Uh, the word was that Jalen Adams was good to go. I think that, that he was ready last week. Now he's even super ready. And let's roll him out there. And he played 24 minutes. 14 points. A couple of those buckets in garbage time. Was, was struggling with his stroke a little bit. But, but finding his rhythm. Eight assists. His playmaking was setting everyone up early. And in that fourth quarter, when Gorge did, as you say, just left his guys on the floor. He went to the small lineup. With one big, Sam Froling, he had Antonius Cleveland playing the four, and then the three guys on the perimeter, and he just rolled him out there, and he just left him out there, and he won the game. Meanwhile, in that fourth quarter, there were very, it was only at the very end did we see Martin, Adams, and Cook on the floor together, and by that time, it was too late. They were down six or seven. The game was out of hand. Far be it for me. <laughs> I don't have the coaching resume to chase Buford has. <laughs> like... <laughs> I went winless for the mighty Whittlesea Pacers. So I'm not even going to pretend. Hold on. Gonna... Hold on. Ofa? I went Ofa. Ofa the season? Ofa the season. It was a... <laughs> but I almost won a couple. But I digress. Damon Lawrence. On your day. <laughs> but on my day. And I still would like to be in contention for coach of the year. Because what I had, I made the most of it. But Chase Buford, why can you not have these guys on the floor all the time. Do you remember the good old days of 48 minute games of basketball? If you mm -hmm. played your import 34 minutes in a 48 minute game, they'd be upset. <laughs> they would be upset. Now it's a 40 minute game and I'm playing, I can't even play 34 minutes. You are not tired. You are a professional. Mm -hmm. You can play every other day, big minutes. Mm. It makes no sense. I'm just, I'm just gonna rest them here. Uh, I'm gonna, I gotta get some other guys in. Nah, Brian will give guys DMPs all day long. Sorry, sorry, that's just the way it goes. You're not gonna play today. You might not play all season. And, mm. this, is, and this is guys that have played before. But Chase, on the other hand, he's way too loose with his rotations in my opinion. Jalen is playing in my 35 plus. The team looks so much better with him on the floor. Yeah, his shot was a little bit iffy. But the way the team was moving, the way he was getting into the paint, bringing people into the game, he has to be on the floor extended periods. Now, Bruce, Sean can come in and, and give that spell. He can play off the ball a little bit. If you want to rest Jalen, play him off the ball. Remember those days when the point guard, instead of taking him out the game, just slide over to the two, get some rest <laughs> that way. You know what I mean? Just to keep him on the floor. Hey, Jalen Adams has no problem with that. He, when he, they, he played in the G League at Wisconsin under Chase Buford, it was quite peculiar. He and his backcourt running mate, Frank Mason, ended Frank. up first and second in MVP voting for the league. Mm. 
happy to he's happy to play minutes. Do you think what does he prefer? Play some minutes with Sean Bruce or Bowali Bowles or these guys on the floor or call his jets on the bench? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The they've also got, I think they've also got a Jarrell Martin problem. How so? Super talented offensive player. Yes. Incredibly versatile skill set, unique for his size to be able to do the things he does. Yes. There's the disclaimer. Struggles defensively. There. Mm-hmm. I said it. Okay. When they played the Hawks in round two, he guarded to up wreath. The big fella gave him the business, 27. So they flipped that up last night. Xavier Cooks went to to Breath, and he had, what, six? Only eight shots uh, because of Xavier Cooks' you know, attentiveness on defense, his fleet of foot, his ability to recover and close out and then slide his feet, stay in front, contest shots. Yep. Meanwhile, Sam Froling just goes to work. Best night of his career. Teams like the Hawks did last night are going at Jarrell Martin. And yeah. that's an issue for, for Sydney at that five spot. Um, that I think the idea was maybe not to play him exclusively at the five, right? Jordan Hunter was going to be the man there. Well, not the man, but he was going to play key minutes at the five and McCool Maker was going to play backup minutes at the five. They were going to look at maybe playing some Xavier Cooks at the three, some different lineups in that regard. Now Jarrell Martin's the man at the five and he's having trouble at the defensive end. I totally agree. But here's the thing, Jarrell Martin, you still need to play 34 minutes, but we're going to have this conversation about your defense. Look here, man, you got to D up. Now, I can't take you off the floor for some defensive breakdowns. What I have to do is have team rules that helps you, helps your defensive uh, inefficiencies. I played with a guy once. The late no, no, no. Was that? No, no, no. Oh, look, Axel Dench, rookie of the year. Unbelievable offensive talent. Axel has some issues on defense from time to time. But are we going to bench Axel? No way. We ain't going to win without him. But on <laughs> defense, we called it code red. If whatever the, whatever the coverage was, if it was involving Axel, which a lot of teams wanted to go at, we would say red. That means everybody's on high alert. Everybody be ready to help Axel. He's going to need help. That's okay. Now, certain matchups, Jarrell can guard. But certain players, those mobile kind of active bigs, mm-hmm. that's tough for him. And, like, and Sam Froning had the game of his life. Sure did. The game of his life, so good. Good luck to him. But I still got to, like I said, I got to help Jarrell on defense as a, as a team. Did Axel Dench win your trophy? He contributed mightily, mightily. You, 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 you should have got that trophy though, right? I mean, would have been a beautiful thing. Would have been the oldest ever rookie of the year in NBL history. I don't know who currently has that title, but you would have got it and held it till this point. What can you do? <laughs> was, I remember when they called it out, and we all, I said, can you really give it to a, a 33-year-old naturalized? Like, yeah, this is, it ain't the right kind of feel. I, I get the thing. It was I was a rookie in the league, but, like, technically speaking, you know what I mean? I feel you. I feel yeah. you. It's, it's like those guys. It's like Chris Golding when he came back from injury in the 2008-19 season. Grand final MVP the year before. Superstar of the league. And – Got injured, came back. Vico started bringing him off the bench. Played great. Kept bringing him off the bench. Based right through the grand final series. Probably should have flipped it up maybe a game or two earlier. Um, but th- that man didn't want to win best six, man. 
Nah. <laughs> Speaking of best six man, Chris Anstey, you should feel a little bit guilty about that six man award hanging up in your house. Because <laughs> he started a lot of games that year. Um. Uh, I reckon, speaking of best six, man, Brandon Ashley's coming into the league. Always an interesting talking point when new imports come into the mix midway through the season. Not going to play this week, but I think he should have won best six, man, a couple of seasons ago. Really nice pickup for the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. I like to know. I think it's a good pickup too. Athletic, mobile, big. He can play some small ball five for you. You don't really have to run plays for him. I don't think he can just find his way around, get some boards, just, you know, the pick and pop kind of guy. Um, seems like a good team kind of dude. So they don't need another ball dominant, uh, you know, that kind of guy. A good glue guy is what the Phoenix need. Now, he looks like it. Uh, now, I mentioned off the top is the gratitude episode. This episode of The Huddle is inspired by Tasmania Jack Jumpers small forward Jack McBay. Mick Trey. His, his Twitter feed. Um, I think it might have started in the second half of of last year at some point. But Jack McVay, who is the energy guy, really kind of um, magnetic personality, always upbeat, started quietly going about expressing his gratitude for various things on his social media. He's not doing it for clicks. He's not doing it for retweets. He's just letting the people out there know what he's grateful for. And uh, I did an episode of The Huddle a couple of weeks ago with Peter Hawley, and we're talking about New Year's resolutions. And one of my, and mine coming into this year was to stay positive, keep it upbeat whilst things are so difficult around the world and in our lives at the moment. And it's drawn me to Jack McVeigh's Twitter feed. Now, uh, feel, jump in whenever one of these takes your fancy and you've got a thought. But th this is a little bit of a window into what, we've, what you'll find on Jack McVeigh's Twitter. Uh, this is on the 10th of November last, last year. I am so grateful for my gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a high level of self-awareness right there. Uh, overwhelmingly grateful today. I, wake, I woke up, feels like I won a billion dollars. Uh, and then as, we, as, as I flick through here, things, I'm grateful for fruit. I'm grateful yeah. for the mountains. I'm grateful for people who listen, which I think we can all relate to. I'm grateful for table tennis. At Josh Majet, I think you might have just given him the business on, ah. on the table tennis table there. I'm grateful for Christmas music. I'm grateful for not having social media on my phone. And I'm grateful for books. It goes on and on. Jack is deep. He's on, he's on another level. Like you can just tell. During the whole global pandemic thing, two years, he's seen all the misery. I'm sure he would have heard a lot of whinging. He don't seem like, and he's the guy that's going, hang on a minute, how dare you whinge? Do you know how lucky you have it if you just look around? Jack's like that. I didn't know. I don't know Jack from a bar of soap, but mm -hmm. looking at those tweets and what he's on about, I'm a big fan. So Gratitude, Liam, they say, is the, defi the definition they say is appreciation for what you have instead of focusing on what you don't have. Okay. And it's as simple as that. Right. So Jack says, I'm, I'm, I have gratitude for my gratitude. So he's a, he's a gratuitous dude. That <laughs> is the, the epitome of meta. <laughs> that level of, that level of self-awareness. I love it. And it's inspired us. I, I tell you who's going to enjoy this episode of the huddle, Dan Ewing, Sydney King, super fan, movie star, former river boy, 
And uh, I watched him kick ass on SAS Australia last year um, and a big fan of journaling and expressing ah. his gratitude. So uh, he's going to enjoy the vibes of this episode. You and I have sat down in advance of, of, going, uh, of recording and uh, jotted down five different things that we're each grateful for around NBL 22. You, I don't know who sang it, but you don't know what you've got till it's gone. And these last few weeks over the holiday period, a real lack of games has, has made us all aware of how much we enjoy watching NBL action. So hit me. What is the first? What in, what are we going to go? Are we going to go one at a time? Yes, sir. Okay. And, and in no particular order, I'm not grateful for one of these things more than another. Right. Um, any other disclaimers off the top? Oh, and everything that I didn't say I was grateful for? Just know that I I got a plenty more than these five. Okay, you're great. I don't want Lisa Laurie. I don't want Lisa Laurie watching this later saying, "What? What about me? Why wasn't I off the top?" <laughs> All right, hear me. What What's something that you're grateful for? My health, Liam. I'm no spring chicken. <laughs> I am. This is chapter fifty four in the book of Damien. <laughs> I am grateful for my health. Okay. I don't need any surgeries. I'm injury-free, I'm disease-free, I'm virus-free, knock on wood. So I'm, I'm a relatively healthy dude, and I'm, and I'm wrapped. I'm grateful for that. Love it. Um, you've been doing some hard work in that regard. It's no accident that you're particularly healthy right now and feeling good. When, when you talk about your age, it reminds me of the time when I lined up at the jump ball for a game against you back in the day. In fact, now you mention it was 14 years ago. If you say it's, if it's chapter 54 and I lined up and you said, just before the ref came in and tossed the ball up, you said, Liam, just so you know, I turned 40 the other day. And I said, oh, happy birthday. And, he, and you said, yeah. Uh, the reason I tell you is because if you beat me today, well, I'm 40. <laughs> Liam, if I beat you, <laughs> I'm 40, mate. <laughs> And I just had the worst game. My coach said, what's wrong? I said, Larry's in my head, coach. He's 40 and he's all kinds of in my head. I was in a no-lose situation. <laughs> all right, I'm grateful for the restart. Mm. And as part of that, um, I'm grateful for the cool, calm heads at MBL HQ because the job of the schedule makers right now is incredibly hard. Now we shouted them out at times last season because they also had those challenges, but everyone's an expert on what the NBL should be doing and how it should be handling things. I'm grateful for, for the cool head of the commissioner, Jeremy Lowliger, just saying, everyone just cool your jets. We've got the plans in place. We've got everybody up double vaccinated, which means doesn't mean they're not going to get it, but Correct. it means that hopefully they're not going to get it too bad. They'll be able to bounce back. Um, and okay, we're going to postpone some games. We built into the schedule, the ability to handle this. It's what we said right from the very top, but the, but the art of, of moving and shake, I think making a schedule is difficult at the best of times, let alone yes. postponing games and rescheduling. So GM of comps and, and operations, Sean Gottlieb's Haley Kirk, the competition operations manager. These guys are doing incredible work right now. And I'm grateful for, for them and the flexibility of everyone at all the clubs to allow us to restart, get these postponed games rescheduled and power on. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to all those guys down there because it's, it's a thankless job. 
you know? So they got it going. And they, they even, they think on the fly. They even brought in the rule that you can bring in a replacement player mm-hmm. if you are hit so bad that you got to bring somebody up through the NBL one ranks or through a development player type of situation. So they, they're, they're thinking on the fly and they want to get this thing done. So full credit to them. Yep. Can we see a 54-year-old replacement player at any time this season? You know what? That 54-year-old guy could get a bucket. <laughs> and he will never call for a sub. I know I can trick somebody into following me to get to the yeah, foul Exactly. Line. I <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, it'll be from the free throw line. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm grateful, Liam. My next one is just a game of basketball. Okay. Like, yep. We got the college basketball happening. We got the NBA. We got all the Aussies over it. We got so much basketball content. The game itself that has provided us with so much, Liam. Look at you. Look at you, Liam. The game of basketball. You know what I mean? Like, without basketball, we're not having this conversation. We're not yep. talking about this kind of stuff. So just the game itself allowed me to go from my from Sag Nasty, Michigan, <laughs> To the University of Alaska, Juno. Oh, yeah, where you had to wear the bells or wear the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, to protect from the bears. Yep. So, I mean, basketball is just... It's, it's, done, it's just way too much. I could never repay it back. I feel like we're both, we're both Paul Rudd right now saying, <laughs> look at us. <laughs> look, at, look at us. Uh, no, I feel you. You know who does a good job of expressing that every year is Andrew Gaze. You follow him on social media. Every, every year... He celebrates the birthday of Dr. James Naismith for mm. bringing us this beautiful game that, that has made uh, our lives so enjoyable, in addition to our, our wives and our families and Absolutely. these Absolutely. other things that we're very, very grateful for. Hey, I'm grateful for Bryce Cotton. Mm. I think a league is always uh, at its best when it has a super-duper star performing at an historic level yep. when you can, when you can talk about that, that guy or that girl in, in the same breath as the absolute greats of the game in all of history. Mm. The fact that you, you, I took Kobe Bryant for granted during his career. I put my hand up and own it because I was a Phoenix Suns fan and those Lakers were always standing in the way. Yep. And I regret doing it. I, um, I don't take LeBron James for granted any, any, any moment of his career right now. And at the NBL level, I, I had the, the fortune of watching Andrew Gaze's career up close and personal. Um, Leroy Loggins, of course, some other greats, but Bryce Cotton right now coming into this league and doing what he's done ever since he stepped foot without missing a beat. Yeah. You know, he set the, the record on debut, that game I referred to, 26 points on Drewy and his, and his Kings that day, and he just never looked back. A, a few weeks after arriving here, he says no to the Atlanta Hawks in a 10-week contract. He says, you know what? I think I've landed in a nice little place here. I'm just going to see this out. I'm going to take this team from the street last when he arrived to the suite. They won the Ooh. championship. He put 45 points on the board in game three of the grand final series. Yeah. Three-time champion. Three-time MVP, two-time grand final MVP. Every year he's all NBL first team. Every year is the scoring champ. He's one of the greats we've ever seen. He may end up being right there alongside Drewy 
and some say Leroy as the greatest, maybe even over the top. You never know. He's a he's been re-signing three-year deals. It's a beautiful thing, and I love him for it. Bryce Cotton, there's, there's not one bad word you can say about him. My only thing is he just hasn't been here long enough. Mm-hmm. Like the but the way he is tracking, he is well and truly on his way. And I came on the crossover, the crossover show a few weeks back, and I said, Ricky Grace is still the greatest import Perth Wildcats have ever seen. Now, Ricky's got the longevity. Mm. He's got the championships. He's got the every record you can think of, scoring, assists, steals. Ricky Olympian. So Ricky Grace is still up here. Bryce Cotton, you are on your way. But I'm also grateful for Bryce Cotton. I was sharing your gratitude for Bryce Cotton because he's also a little dude. He ain't no monster. He ain't no six foot ten point guard, no six eight. He's a little bitty guy like us, Liam, that can put the ball on the floor, create his own shot, a good teammate, a willing passer. He's got that clutch gene. Yep. Something about when a little guy does it. I always get goosebumps for the Muggsy Bogues of the world, man. Little dudes that you see him in the airport, and you think, does he play basketball? Yeah, he plays basketball. You know, and he's a gun at it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing you, everything you said on Bryce. And let me just go to my third uh, thing I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for an NBL expansion. I'm nice. grateful for the Tasmania Jack Jumpers entering the league. Now, I'm not always a fan of how they play, but hey, I'm glad. I'm so glad because to have a league as good as this and to have it dwindling teams, I played, there was 13 teams in the league. Now we trying to bring it back, you know, and somebody got to come in and you know, you're going to take your lumps when you're the expansion team. You got to come up with a new name. Don't nobody know what a jack jumper really is. You got to come up with the uniform. Shout out to Dave B. We're in our athletic. You got to come up with all the behind the scenes stuff to put this team. You got to get yourself a stadium. You got to get yourself, you know, everything. So Mm -hmm. grateful for this league to expand because like I say, previous years, you know, it was just too short. So go to jack jumpers. You're right. It was only, it was only a few years back. Not only was there no Tasmania Jack Jumpers, not only was there no Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, there was also no Brisbane Bullets. Mm. So to bring them back, that was a big tick. I remember talking to Jeremy Lowliga shortly after he came into the job and, I, and he said, by hell or high water, the Brisbane Bullets will be back next season and they got it done. And then, uh, yeah, the Phoenix come in, they're already just powering along and playing at a really high level. And the Jack Jumpers have been a huge success, particularly off the floor. So far, I won that 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 big debut game. That was terrific. They've been fun to watch in different times, uh, frustrating to watch at others. But I like the way they play. But off the floor, the the arena is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um. The 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 community support down there. The fact that they've been just selling out games is absolutely awesome. So I, I like it. I like it, Damon. And while we're on the subject of teams, I'm grateful for the New Zealand Breakers right now. Those guys are doing it tough. It's just so hard. I've spoken about this at length. A lot of people have, but it's just so hard, tough playing every single game on the road. But it's also tough midweek when we're not watching them on camera uh, and they're practicing on the road. They're going back to their hotel. They're, a lot of them are away from their families. And this is year two of doing that for a lot of these guys. That That is... That is really tough to spend that amount of time. And the, what results 
is a lot of losses, which just compounds the, the, the difficulty of everything. So um, they're taking a hit for the, for the team in a sense here for the league and, and for the entire NBL community. And um, I'm grateful for what they're doing. Man, just so you know, everybody, I don't know how many listeners you have on this podcast, Liam, mm -hmm. but to all your listeners, we were not in cahoots prior to this podcast. You said to me, get five yes. things you're grateful for. We didn't talk about which five, but just so you know, I'm also grateful for the New Zealand Breakers. For this reason, the fact I need examples in my life of how you can handle adversity. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows the story. Like you just said, you, you pointed out perfectly. Everybody knows what they're going through. They are a perpetual 365 road team. <laughs> they will never play in their own, not just on the road. They're not even, they're, they're not even playing in their own country. Mm -hmm. They're international tourists. It's <laughs> on a long, a long, a long tournament. The New Zealand yeah. Breakers for me, you are an example. And I love the I love what Dan Shaman is assistant coach said in a press conferences. They don't want no parts of an excuse. No parts of it. They don't. They, the average person will gladly tell you about the adversity they go through. I don't need to hear about how you had COVID. I don't need to hear about how tired you are. I don't need to hear about none of that. The breakers have come out going, this is what it is. That's who I can't believe we lost that game. We blew that game. We should have won that game. I love that. And I hope everybody takes that message from it because everybody doesn't handle adversity the same way. There's yep. a lot of softness out there. And the breakers are by no means soft the way they're going about it. And it's only a matter of time. And deep down, I'm, I'm pulling for them to win a game. Every game they play, I can't help but want the best for them. I feel you. I feel the same way. And um, we talk about the players, the coaching staff, the, the, the touring party that are on the road. But it's also for the fans. They don't get to go to the games and cheer on their team and help them get a win, which is what they passionately want to do. Also tough for ownership, just quietly. Because, you know, geez, we rely, these clubs rely on um, those gate receipts in a big, big way. So to not be able to have them, look, they're going to get a chance to play some home games in Tassie. Hopefully the Taswegians come in droves to those games. Mm. They put some of their hard-earned down to, um, to help some of that revenue go back to the breakers. And I'll tell you, all, I, I, I've got my Cheers Mate membership. I'm paid up, as they used to say, <laughs> for the Hawthorne Hawks. I'm proud, passionate, and paid up. For the yep. New Zealand Breakers this year, 39 bucks for an Aussie to get the Cheers Mate membership. You go to the New Zealand Breakers website, click membership and put your details in and put, some, put that down. I think that would be a good way for everyone to support this team. A lot of people did it last year. Um, I've backed it up this year and I'll put the call out for others to do the same. Nice, nice. All right, if you, let me go now. I'm grateful for coaches, mics. <laughs> it is so unique to our league i am grateful for the fact we can listen to timeouts live and in the moment mm. in full unfiltered people from who who watch a lot of other leagues and they watch an nbl game and it just blows their mind we take it for granted and we can't yeah. do that because it's an incredible intrusion into the sanctity of uh, the huddle yeah um, we don't talk, we don't go into the locker room like the the media and the press do in in the NBA. Okay, we appreciate 
that, but we do go into the huddle. It takes coaches by surprise sometimes. Sometimes Dean Vickerman says some things about Kyle Adnam that he doesn't necessarily <laughs> want the whole league to hear. Yeah. Sometimes Scott Morrison swears at a level in the huddle that he doesn't want his mother in Canada necessarily <laughs> taken in. Uh, and so we go in there. It's an incredible um, opportunity that we get as an analyst. It's just, a, it just makes our ability to analyze the game so much easier because yeah. we can hear what they're actually trying to do, what play they've called. It's in, it's incredible. Now it, it's tough because, you know, th this is a highly scouted league. You, you know, we don't play every other day and we, there's only 10 teams. So it takes that level of scouting to a whole nother level teams and their ability to hear play calls and, 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 and get on top of what everyone is doing. But the ability to get to know these coaches, how they're coaching their teams and going to those huddles is something I will never, ever take for granted. And I like that one too, even though I don't have that one, but I, I want to just piggyback just a little bit on that. The AFL, to a lesser degree, country football leagues, I played in Horsham, Mildura, Ballarat. When you go to the local footy and they have quarter time, everybody runs out and they will listen to the coach's quarter time address. It was awesome. Everybody's getting around each other, people kicking a footy in the background. You can hear all the little intangibles, all those little things that would never get picked up in the newspaper. Yep. It, it felt so grassroots. It felt so part of it. By having the mark, these coaches mic'd up from sitting at home on the couch, you feel like you're kind of in the huddle. You kind of feel like you're in there. Like, you know, I'm the 12th man. I'm in there like this. Like, yeah, that's right. So that's really good. I'm also grateful for that one, even though I don't have that one down. Let me say for my fourth one, Liam. Yes. I'm grateful for the development players. Mm. The practice players. Preach. These guys get no recognition. Now, these guys are on, I'll play, I'll play with guys who had jobs and was trying to be a professional basketball player. The league has done a good job of now guaranteeing the DPs a couple of dollars. Yes, sir. But as we all know, those couple of dollars ain't going very far. Mm. And the practice players, to my understanding, get zipped. But yet there you are in training, going harder, going harder to Bryce Cotton. You know, chesting up with Tyler Harvey. You're trying to just earn your stripes some kind of way. Without these DPs, all of a sudden a couple guys get hurt or whatever for whatever reason. You you got you got to train. You got to scrimmage. You're in the five of the real scrimmages, not the Tennessee drill where everybody's in that one. Not the three man we. I mean the real scrimmages. So these development players, I'm so grateful for them. We had our 20 year reunion at the Hawks last year, championship reunion. Yes, and our DP showed up, and they every bit a part of that team. Josh Woods and Kane, Roddy Henderson, them dudes is like family to all of us. So shout out to all the DPs. Grateful for you guys. The unseen work you do behind the scenes. Good stuff. Love it, love it. And you know what? People who haven't been at NBL practices or practices at that level probably wouldn't know this, but the DPs and the training players, what they end up being at practice is the scout team. They're the scout group. Kevin Gorgian used to take us onto the court next door at Sandringham and we would spend 30 minutes learning the plays of the opposing team we're playing that week. And then we come back in when it's time to scrimmage and where you Liam, you're Derek Rucker. Just, just shoot the ball whenever you, whenever you get a little bit of daylight. With, happy to. 
more than happy to. Liam, you're Ricky Grace. Now I want you to come off this and I want you to try. Those guys are so, so important. Now the best scout group for me was the Adelaide 36ers under <laughs> Phil Smith. We would, we would go over to the other court. Kevin Gorgeous said, all right, there's no place. <laughs> no wrong answers. There's no place. You can't, Pero Vesivi, you cannot get a play wrong. No bad shots. Today. No bad <laughs> shots. All you need to do is slap on random ball screens at any moment, at any point on the court, uh, on the, sorry, balls on the ball or off the ball. If you're, if you're Rupert Sapwell or you're David Stiff or you're Paul Rees, just set a whole bunch of screens anywhere on the floor and let's make it up as we go along. Yeah, the, those 36 teams, man, did they give you nightmares. Um, all right, you give me your number five before I finish it off. All right, last one. This was a personal one. All right, this is about Warwick Kane. For those of you who don't know Warwick Kane, Warwick Kane is now the basketball, the Queensland manager of basketball. High performance. Warwick Kane, 32 years ago, was coaching the mighty Shoalhaven Tigers, Liam, in mm. Narrab, New South Wales. They needed an import. They actually needed two imports. He, he somehow got on the phone with a guy named Claire Markey from the University of Alaska, Juneau. No videotapes. How did you scout guys back then? There was no internet. It was word of mouth. Are you telling me this guy's okay? Is he a good dude? What's he like? Blah, blah, blah. This guy took a chance and brought me to Australia. Is he six foot? Years. Is he six foot? six foot? Is that including the high top fade? <laughs> <laughs> 32 years ago, brought me out here. To this day, War can his family to me and his entire family is my family. He emceed my wedding. I was best man at his son's wedding. His son was best man in my wedding. Hey, look, everybody got to give somebody a chance. And Ward gave me a chance. Here I am 32 years later. So Ward can, my man. Love it. Love it. All right, let me bring it home here. I'm grateful for Jack McVay. I think anytime you can inspire somebody in the world in a positive way, you're doing a good thing. I really want him to have a breakthrough season. It hasn't really kind of happened for him at this point of, you know, um, he's trying to find his spots where he's going to get his shots, how he can best get open and get looks from Josh Majette and these, and these, and that backcourt import duo. Um, but Scott Roth believes in him. He's rolled him out there as the starting power forward um, as a small ball power forward in many regards uh, ahead of an import. Mikhail McIntosh, who himself has had a bit of trouble finding his way. Um, but to, to be putting that level of positivity out in the world in a quiet, not really a particularly look at me kind of way. Now, there's an inherent element to that anytime you go on social media, sure. But I think I, the way he does it is good hearted. And here we are, inspired by the man to put some further gratitude and, and, uh, and positivity out there in the world. So shout out Jack McVeigh. And I hope this is a part of you going on to have a kick-ass rest of this season. I love the way you brought that full circle. Jack started it. We ended on Jack. I love that. Beautiful. Um, big, big round ahead. We've one game into seven games in seven days. Um, just to finish off, the one team 
in this next five or six days of basketball that you've got a particular eye on looking to see something from? Is Adelaide 36ers have a game? Yes, sir. Man, I am, I'm hanging for these 36ers, man. I've mentioned to them, I mentioned to you before, uh, on overtime, just talking about Cam Bearstow. I like what he's doing. He, he's got to be in the contention for six, uh, for six man of the year. Yep. Um, and like I said to you, 20, every year, somebody has a 20 year championship reunion. <laughs> 20 years ago, the 2002 Adelaide 36ers won the championship. Yes, they did. Rupert Satwell had one of the greatest first quarters in NBL championship history. Mm-hmm. Brett Maher. Brett Maher MVP. Willie Foley. Willie Foley. Paul Reeves. Look, they were stacked. And they, um, so if, if the 36 are looking for any motivation, mm. maybe bring some of those guys in, CJ. Maybe mm. put, in the, put in the championship tape and just have a look and see what took place in Adelaide back 20 years ago. I love it. And man, they've, you know, they had such a bad performance in Cairns and they've had to stew on that for like a month. Those poor guys, you know, they, you, you want the chance to just bounce back and play another game quickly. And they just haven't had that opportunity. So um, hopefully they come out and have a good, a good couple of games here for sure. All right, Damon, appreciate it. You smashed it. Jack McVeigh, you're a legend. That'll do us for today. Have a good week. And you can catch Damon on the crossover. What times? We are tomorrow, Saturday night, seven o'clock, Sunday, five, five o'clock, I believe. Love it. Shout out to the whole crew, Kane Pittman, Kat Durkin, and the whole crew doing good things on the crossover. That'll do us for today. Tune back in next week for more of The Huddle. 